Hi there, and welcome to the All About Everest podcast, episode five, the problems and controversies with Mount Everest. And I am your host, Pauline Reynolds Nettle. So this episode is going to be about some of the issues that are on Mount Everest. Uh, It's going to touch on pollution, trash, overcrowding, climate change, dead bodies, theft, and leaving people behind. Even though Mount Everest is one of the most wonderful and exciting and even mystical places on earth, there's a couple different things that are even destroying it. So that's what this episode is about and I hope you enjoy. When we think about Mount Everest, we think about it being the highest peak in the world and one of the biggest achievements that anyone can complete. I don't think anyone goes out of their way to think about all of the problems and issues with Mount Everest, but there really are quite a few. I think that they are important to discuss because the more we talk about things, then eventually there will be a solution. Whenever our family is in the great outdoors, like camping, hiking, backpacking, anything like that, we make a point to practice the leave no trace principles, right? Pack it in, pack it out, leave it better than it was. Well, apparently on Mount Everest, it is a huge problem. There is over a century's worth of garbage on that mountain. Like for a hundred years, people have been exploring it and attempting to summit it. And they have just left tons and tons, literally, of trash behind. I can't remember what article it was. I haven't been able to find it again. But there is still trash up there from the very first Everest expedition, like chairs and things like that. It's absolutely insane and mind-boggling to me. Conservation hasn't really been a big thing until the last 30 years when people have realized, you know, we do make an impact to the environment with trash. And that trash has been piling up forever almost. I mean, early 1900s. It's absolutely insane. I think a big part of it is that it's hard to bring down trash. I mean, if you think about it, right, the higher you go up, the harder it is to come down. And people just leave trash everywhere from Empty oxygen bottles, plastic cans, broken gear, broken tents, anything and everything. And when you have hundreds of people up there every year, it just keeps piling up. The unfortunate thing is that Mount Everest has earned the very sad nickname of the world's highest garbage dump. Every year, there are hundreds of climbers on Mount Everest. And it's not just the people who attempt to summit, right? It's all of their support teams 
you know, um, the Sherpas that are helping them climb up the mountains, the people down at base camp that have control of everything, making sure that everything goes right, the people that cook, all of the tourists that come to base camp. I mean, that is so much trash. And it is polluting the mountain. You can actually see the glaciers and the dark color of the snow around Everest, which is a result of pollution. And in the, in the, oh gosh, when was it? Oh, in 2014, Nepal decided to do as much as they can to decrease the amount of trash on Everest. They've tried a couple different things, including sending up cleanup crews every year. Um, they have a regulation that requires every climber to take at least 17 pounds of trash off the mountain with them. They have um, incentives and even fines if you don't turn in used um, oxygen bottles, but that doesn't really seem to help. As far as I know, it is not regulated very well, so if it happens, doesn't happen, no one really knows. In 2019, the Nepalese government, they removed over 20,000 pounds of trash. I can't even imagine how much it was. It was almost 25, I think, including four bodies, which I've mentioned those bodies before. And we'll get into that a little bit more because that's another one of the problems on Mount Everest. But one of them was determined as being Nepali and the other one was determined as being Russian. So I'm still digging into that. Like I mentioned before, that really interests me and I want to know if they were a ever able to identify them by DNA. At least people are aware that trash and pollution are a problem. So I'm glad that they are trying to put together these programs to kind of decrease that. It's really important. And also I think that people who climb Everest or anyone who goes there, they really need to work hard and be mindful and do their part to pack trash out. So hopefully we'll see less trash in the coming years because it is definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest problems on Mount Everest. So that brings me to our next problem. Besides all of the trash leaching whatever into the groundwater and into the drinking source of all of the communities, you also have the problem of human waste. And I have read this and heard this multiple times, right? People just going wherever they're at and no one ever talks about cleaning it up. I heard mentioned that there's like these little pyramids of, and excuse my language if you have sensitive ears, of shit everywhere, like all the way to the top of the mountain because there's no latrines or cute little porta potties or anything like that. It's if you're going up, going down, if you need to go, you go. 
hopefully it's not like on the trail, but I think there probably have been multiple people that have ended up with poo on their shoe. But then again, if it's frozen, I mean, I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. But think of like how unsanitary it is and they have these huge like pits and, you know, it's just left there. I mean, I understand that it's organic and everything, but it is, it's gross. It spreads disease. It, you know, leaches into the drinking water. And the other thing too is that snow is essentially water that has evaporated so do you want to eat the snow or drink the snow? Because that's a really big thing on Everest. They use snow and they melt it down to cook their food on their climbing expeditions. So I don't even know if I would want to do that because I would be so afraid of getting sick. I'm wondering if they make sure that it's boiled and maybe even add something to make sure that that water is you know, clean enough to drink. Now that Mount Everest has become easier to summit and because of better gear and better support, tons of people are attempting to summit Everest every year. And that leads to overcrowding, which unfortunately has become a really big cause of death on Mount Everest. Um, you have people who are inexperienced. You have people who are slow. You have tons of people that are trying to climb when there's just one day of really good weather to get to the top. And, you know, it, it's causing people to die. If you look back at 2019, there's that viral photo of that whole long line of people just going all the way up to the top of the mountain. I think it was on the Hillary step. It's crazy. Like absolutely crazy. And you hear the stories of, you know, climbers falling because they wanted to get around the person in front of them because they were too slow. Or someone was with an expedition that didn't have enough training or experience or even good, you know, climbing ethics. And, you know, when you're stuck in an area with really thin air or it's super cold and you can't go anywhere because there's way too many people, it's just a recipe for disaster. And 2019 really showed the world that it was a problem. There have been a lot of suggestions made but again, no one really knows if they're being followed or not. But in order to get a permit for Mount Everest, you have to have 8,000 meter experience. Um, people have also suggested that the amount of permits should be limited. I understand where, you know, governments on both sides why they give out so many permits because in those regions the local communities they really rely on the tourist money i mean that's what they live off of but when you have someone die because they had to wait in line too long and this has happened 
you know, even since the 1996 Everest disaster, when they got stuck um, at a bottleneck because there was no fixed lines, um, it just something has got to change. You know, it it can't continue to happen and hopefully more changes will be made. But we'll see. And here we go again. It seems like almost every episode I talk about the dead bodies on Everest in one capacity or another. But the dead bodies are a problem. Over 300 people have died on Mount Everest and there's over 200 bodies left up there. Especially like those four that were found in 2019. They still haven't identified all four as far as I know. Only two of them were semi-identified. I'm still tracking down that information. But there are bodies like going all the way to the top. There, you know, somebody dies and they're just left hanging there. People walk over dead bodies. They walk past dead bodies. It does cost between sixty to $70,000 to attempt to get a body down, but it is almost impossible. I mean, it is super hard. It takes a whole crew to get down um, one body and something, I don't even know if anything can be done, honestly, because it's a reality. You know, it's not like you can just go up there and grab them. But it definitely is a huge problem. And it seems like besides, you know, having to climb over them and um, having them be right there, it also really seems to affect these climbers mentally. Like, I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, having to walk past a dead body and then another one and then another one. I mean, the effects that it has on climbers mental health. I can't even imagine how traumatizing it is. Just I I can't. But I do think that maybe there could be some sort of solution. Again, the more we talk about it, then um, the more likely there is to be a solution. Even though a lot of the climbers that die up there, they just want to be left up there. So who knows? Even though people don't really talk about it, theft is a big problem on Mount Everest. I have heard numerous stories of climbers having vital gear stolen and oxygen bottles. In fact, in 2018, the British climber Rupert Jones Warner, they found their bags torn open and six bottles of oxygen were missing. But this seems to be a pretty common thing and every year it gets a little bit worse. Imagine, you know, all the time and effort that you spend in, you know, working and saving all that money for that expensive gear and oxygen, which is, you know, oxygen's life. We need oxygen to breathe. And on Mount Everest, it is really vital for a lot of people. 
So to have all of your stuff stolen and then you can't even, you know, get up the mountain because you have stuff that's missing that could save your life. It's really unfortunate and it's got to stop. But people don't really talk about it, even though it happens quite frequently. I've heard lots of stories. Rupert Jones Warner is not the only one. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but um, there was another group. I think it was like in 2010 or 2014 where they had sleeping bags stolen and oxygen and other stuff. In fact, you know, one of the questions about the 1996 Everest disaster was um, they had stockpiled some oxygen up on the mountain and I don't know if they couldn't find it or what, but there were suspicions that people had taken the oxygen. Nothing was proven, right? But there were suspicions. So I think that there should be some type of something put in place. You know, there needs to be a consequence because, you know, how do we know that someone hasn't died because someone has stolen their vital gear? It's just one of those things that no one really talks about, but it happens. And I think if they don't do something about it soon. It could get way worse. I mentioned controversy at the beginning of this episode. And in my opinion, the biggest controversy and even a problem on Mount Everest is leaving people behind. I haven't been there, so I don't know what decision I would make. I think every situation is unique, but a lot of people get left behind and some people go out of their way to do anything and everything and some people don't. Could it be because they're afraid that they'll die too or maybe they're not even capable of helping anyone else because this you know, they usually encounter people who are dying on the descent and they're exhausted too. And they're already suffering from all sorts of things that you get when you summit Mount Everest. Unless I'm in that situation, I can't really say whether I would do it or not. I would hope that I'd at least try, but who knows? I, I could even be the one that would like die trying to help someone else if I'm being honest. But I don't think that we should call out those who really tried or were not capable. I mean, think about the 1996 Everest disaster and um, David Sharp in 2006. It seemed like as many people as possible tried helping others and tried helping David Sharp and Beck Weathers was left for dead, but he survived. 
and what would have happened if maybe someone had spent an extra 10 minutes with Yasuko. I don't know. I can only say that those that have left people behind, hopefully they tried everything that they could and I can't even imagine the amount of guilt that they have to live with. Believe me, I know what survivor's guilt is and it is not something that you want to live with. It seems like every single episode I'm talking about <laughs> people dying as well. But then again, that is a reality of Mount Everest and even an expectation. You know, these expeditions, they know that someone may die that year. It, that's just how it goes up there with all of the risks you know, and I think that there are a few things that could be implemented so that less people die. If that's restricting permits or making sure they have enough experience or making sure that these guiding companies have, you know, are reputable and have sufficient um, skills and experience. Because that seems to be some of the biggest problems, you know, besides the government's making sure that people are following the rules and the guidelines, they should also make sure that the people who are guiding these climbers and providing support really know what they're doing. And that is a problem. It's been mentioned before. And it's mentioned all of the time that some of these companies probably should not be taking climbers up the mountain. And I would highly recommend that if you ever decide to summit Mount Everest or even visit base camp, do a deep dive. Check the ratings, read up on them as much as you can, see if they've ever had deaths on any of their expeditions. Find out what their experience is because unfortunately it, it, it's a big deal and a big problem which is getting worse. So hopefully the Nepalese government and also the Tibetan government really start cracking down on people and um, that includes making sure that their rules and guidelines are implemented and that there are real repercussions. I understand why local authorities kind of don't regulate as much as they should. I mean, tourism is money and this is what these communities live off of the whole year. But I don't know if it's worth loss of life. I'm really not sure. And I think they do their best. It's just really hard when you're limited, which I think they are. Um, even though it may not be a problem, um, it is definitely an issue. And that is fake summits. 
So apparently there are some people that fake reaching to the top of Mount Everest. In fact, there were um, a couple of people from India that got in trouble a few years ago. They did not make it to the top, but they went and they created like false pictures. They did a lot of really good photoshopping and um, they did it because where they come from, there's, you can get money for summiting Mount Everest. And there were three from India, I think, that um, they've been banned from mountaineering in Nepal for the next couple of years because they faked their summit. You do have to prove that you've gotten to the top of Mount Everest in order to get a certificate. And that's what they did. It was in 2019 and it kind of just blew up. And so the Nepali government decided to investigate and yeah, they were really good pictures, but the shadows were in the wrong place and a flag that should have been blowing wasn't. There was an oxygen mask that should have been connected and wasn't. Um, in fact, I think someone even photoshopped their head onto someone else's body. So yeah, don't do that. It, it's a problem for sure. I mean, it takes these climbers everything to reach the top. So why minimize that? and try to earn money off of that, you know, because you couldn't do it. So why fake it? It's not even worth it. I know that you guys are probably curious about the names of the three climbers from India that faked their summit attempt, but I don't even think it's worth my time. I mean, they don't deserve the mention in all honesty they did it for fame and it's i mean i i uh, just drives me nuts i can't believe that someone would do something like that for fame money whatever but you can definitely look it up a new problem on mount everest is covid 19. it completely shut down the mountain in 2020 and in 2021 people only climbed from Nepal for the most part. Um, it ran rampant through the camp. That's what I've heard. And a lot of the expeditions and climbers have been pretty forthcoming about that, even though the Nepali government has tried to minimize people talking about it. I understand where they're coming from. Again, it comes down to money and I, you know, I get it. I get it. This country really relies upon tourist dollars. But regardless of what you think, they don't have the means that like the United States has or, you know, my other country Israel has to cope with this virus. And the more people who get sick, you know, they're risking their health, but it's risking their livelihood because this is the money that they live off of. 
And I think it's great that a lot of the expeditions, in fact, I think all of them, I haven't seen one yet, um, but a lot of the expedition companies are requiring that you be vaccinated. Um, they were required, the government was requiring it, and then it seemed that they changed their policy a little bit, that they were blocking certain countries or requiring it from certain countries and now that seems a little bit more relaxed too so we'll see what happens the spring climbing season is not too far away but i just hope that everyone remains healthy that's what really matters you know all you really have is your health and when you're climbing mount everest that should be the least of your worries because you're dealing with all this other stuff and you need to be on top of your game. Last but not least, you've got climate change. It doesn't matter if you think the earth is cycling or if it's global warming or whatever. Let's face the fact that the earth is warming up and it is affecting Mount Everest. I mean, you've got glaciers that have been there forever and they are melting and it's changing the look of the mountain it's changing how people climb the mountain it's even changing how dangerous the mountain is plus let's not forget you know all of the communities that live around Mount Everest right if the glaciers melt it could change everything they're drinking water it could flood it could make things unstable in the region so hopefully they can find a solution because it's it's getting there and the glaciers on mount everest you know it's like the glaciers in the arctic they are slowly disappearing and it is really unfortunate. So that is a real thing. And if you don't believe that that's happening on Mount Everest, think about them finding George Mallory. They probably wouldn't have been able to find him if the ice and snow and glaciers were not melting. So that's definitely something to think about. So even though Mount Everest has its problems, it's still one of the most magnificent and amazing things on earth. Uh, one quick update, and I, I don't know if I should do these updates at the beginning or at the end of the episode, um, but Joost Kobisch, the German mountaineer who is attempting the West Ridge on Mount Everest, so he went up, he came down... And now he's up at Camp 1. And he's just waiting it out. Apparently the winds are really strong and really crazy. But he thinks that he still might be able to find a window. And his goal this year is to reach 8,000 meters. So I hope it happens for him. Because he's tried it before. It didn't work. So... Hopefully he can get higher than he did the last time and even all the way to the top. Next week's episode is going to be about the life and the mystery of George Mallory. 
I find him really interesting and intriguing. And I wonder if he did make it to the top or not because there's evidence going either way. So that's what the topic is going to be next week. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow. Um, you can follow us on social media at All About Everest Podcast. And we'll see you next week.